Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever it is that you're listening to us, we want to thank you in advance. We as fans have always appreciated your input as fellow fans. When you're happy, we're happy. When you're upset, we are too. But sometimes we're just a little bit more honest. We are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. You can find us on Twitter or X at Bastards underscore Boston. I'm your host, Charlie Smith, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. You can find me on Twitter at Smith underscore MLB. Our other hosts for this episode are Terry Cushman coming to us from Myrtle Beach in South Carolina by way of Wyndham, Maine, and Cody Paulson coming to us from Houston, Texas by way of Ponte Vedra, Florida. Cody, how are you doing? Where can the fans find you on Twitter or X? Charlie, I'm doing well. The fans can find me on Twitter slash X at the Cody Paulson. Uh, we just discussed the White Sox series, so that was a bit of a bummer, but looking forward to discussing some some hot takes here, some totally legit or calling the cops. How are you guys doing tonight? No complaints. Better than Boston as far as the Red Sox are concerned. Terry, how are you doing? Where can the fans find you online? I'm just awesome. Living the dream in the post-time bloom era. Uh, I can be found at Cushman MLB. Yeah, so um, six games left, two against Tampa Bay, four against Baltimore. Brutal. Real, real rough. I think we only have two realistic opportunities as far as playoff, or excuse me, Red Sox prediction win numbers. I think right now it's Cody Jason at 82, which seems pretty tight, or myself at 78. Um it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm very curious to see. I, I really do think we are going to get 78 on the money. I'm skeptical. You think we're going to go over or you think we're going to get under? I think we might be stuck with one more win total. When we get 78, I'll send you my address so you can send me a bottle of wine. I mean, if you get- Al, if you're listening, Al, you still owe me a bottle of wine. If we get... 77 wins or even 79 and you miss it by one on either side that's still a great prediction either way i'll take it i'll be looking forward to one of our former friends giving me that kudos and admitting they were wrong (laughs) and i hope i hope i get that because i've been told that when they're wrong they admit it so this is a great opportunity to do that uh that being said we're gonna have a little bit of a, a fun twist instead of um our normal show. We're going to segue into toy legit or calling the cops. So with that being said, going first, Terry, we're going to have you bat first here. Should Jaron Duran go back to playing second base, a position he was familiar with in college, totally legit. Are you calling the cops? I'm going to call the cops on that because who knows what kind of an experiment it's going to be. And after a two or three year period of bad defense, I would be extremely uncomfortable with Jaron Duran's your second baseman and, and then rolling through with that. So I feel like Duran at this point is better in the outfield where he's at least adequate. I would love it if he had a better arm, but you either have one or you don't. And I think if an outfielder is going to come into the infield, I'm not in favor of this either, but I think it would make more sense for it to be Rafaela. And he's a very average to above average infielder. I've said recently, I don't think Trevor Story 
really cares at this point which position he plays. He's got his money. I think he just would want the team to be happy, and um, hopefully he's focusing more on his offense at this point and getting that strikeout rate down and all that. But I would call the cops on Duran uh, playing the infield in 2024. Cody. I too will be calling the cops uh, for a couple of different reasons. Uh, One of them largely being this organization doesn't have a great track record of meddling or tampering with uh, players and moving them around positions with great success. Um, This is a player that just found his footing, right? You know, he obviously had his struggles uh, last season in, in the outfield, Um, terrible routes, wasn't hitting well, wasn't, you know, using his athleticism to his advantage. And when he showed up this year, it was gangbusters, right? You know, he looked much more comfortable in the outfield. He looked much more relaxed at the plate and he had a much better season. If there's a log jam there, which I don't, you know, necessarily see there being a log jam. I think we have the corner outfield positions locked up momentarily, but center field is, is pretty wide open. It could be an outside hire. Sure. But um, it's not, you know, we'd be going out of our way to, to make a problem there. In my opinion, let the kid continue to build on that confidence, build on the good season that he had this year. And, you know, he, he showed this year that he's a bona fide major leaguer and, you know, the way that he can change the game offensively too, singles and doubles, stolen bases, messing with the pitcher's tempo and time. All of these are, are positive, uh, attributes that he brings to the game and, you know, if we were to move him to second base and he were to go through what he won again in 2022, I think it would just be uh, a forced error that nobody's really asking for. So Jaron Duran has not played second base since 2018. Five years. Five years. That's how long it's been. And I'm sure he might, you know, dabble at second base for fun, but nothing serious and it hasn't happened in a professional game since he's been a member of the Boston Red Sox for a couple of years. That being said, why break something if it isn't broken? Let's stop with this testing players in positions that they're just not familiar with, that they're not comfortable with. It makes no damn sense. Just stop it. Just stop. Jaron Durant should not be a second baseman. Let's just kill it right now. That's great that he did that when he was in college, but I just don't want to see the experiments anymore. We've already seen what they've done to players like Tanner Houck and even worse off to Garrett Whitlock. And we, we may have broken him and I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping that he's able to recover rest, come back in 2024 as an elite level reliever and maybe closer. Who knows what happens? Um, Number two on our hit parade for totally legit or calling the cops. This could be fun. This is spicy. The Boston Red Sox will win the division in 2024. Is that totally legit? You calling the cops, Terry? I'm going to say that's totally legit. And if you look at the, the precedent for, well, I guess I can't say a new manager is coming in. And I think it's probably better than 50, 50 that Alex Cora comes back, but But still, um, you look at Tampa Bay, they're not going to spend money this winter. They might make some trades and some moves and maybe acquire a a starting pitcher while they wait out some of these Tommy John uh, recoveries that are happening. Um, But I don't think the Rays look like 
they're going to be a bona fide front runner for the division. Baltimore should spend some money this winter. They should, but will they? I'm not. I'm not sold that the the Orioles will do that, and I think it's going to be hard for them to repeat what they've done this year unless they make an investment in their starting rotation. The New York Yankees, I think, are going to be a mess for at least another year or two before they get things ironed out. I don't know what Brian Cashman's status is. Uh, The longer he's there, the worse things are going to be. Um, The Yankees have said that they're looking at bringing in outside analysts to evaluate their system as a whole. And I'm like, well, why would you do that? Like, So Brian Cashman's going to sit through that and then heavily consider the input that they give. I just, that's just weird to me, but I don't see the Yankees being a threat and the Blue Jays should be, but they underachieve every year. They, they fall short of expectations. That roster on paper, it should have been the clear division winner. It it should, it should be a world series appearance type roster and they just never do it. So With that being said, I mean, the Orioles, none of us had them. It was a stretch for them to win the third wild card this year. That would have been a stretch this past winter, and they win the division. So I think if the Red Sox adequately address their rotation, I think their bullpen is going to be fine, even if they don't go get an arm. Uh, And, you know, they've got some cleaning up to do with the lefties on their roster, but... I don't see why, if we have a solid rotation, I don't see why we can't win the division. And I, if they start winning and they're like leading the division in, say, at some point in May or June, I think the team would feed off of the energy that the fans are giving them. Because at that point, it's refreshing to be back in the hunt to win a division, something we haven't done since 2018. So I, I'm going to say totally legit. I think it's it's possible, uh, you know, if the right moves get made. I, and again, I don't like the rest of the division. Code man. Wow, look at this optimism from Terry. Um, I like that you did it, you know, via process of elimination, looking uh, looking around the room of the AL East. Uh, unfortunately, I, I'm taking my sides a little bit, both nearer and larger, right? I'm going to call the cops. I don't think the Red Sox are going to compete to win the division next year. I think they could be a you know winning the first wild card spot, but uh, the division I think is is a large leap just because of the way that we had uh, people in the room in the locker room of or the clubhouse of the Red Sox perform this year. I don't know if there's the moves that can be made in one offseason that you know kind of catapults us into the top of the division type contending uh, roster, right? The free agent class, as we've talked about, isn't necessarily the strongest. Um, There's some restricted free agents, and I don't really know if there's the trades to be made out there that'll allow us to compete at, you know, the 90 to 95 win uh, type season that would require us to, in order to be a a division winner. So for me, um, I don't necessarily see one off season being, the difference maker between where we are currently and and winning the AL East division. So I got to call the cops. Oh man, I've been waiting to say this all show and the last show didn't have an opportunity in the show before that, Terry, do you know what I'm going to say? I think you're calling the cops. 
I'm going to say, here's the bad news. <laughs> Come on, Terry. You knew where that was going. I, uh, I, you caught but, me sleeping on that one. Yeah, I, just a little bit. First time. So the Boston Red Sox will win the division. I am going to call the cops, and here's why. We've been talking about this for several years now. Tampa Bay churns out pitchers like it's nobody's business. They do have this unfortunate issue with players catching the Tommy John bug. And that's been a real pain in the butt. The also the other big issue in the AL East is the Baltimore Orioles, who are finally coming to their their own with a superstar catcher, superstar shortstop, another third baseman who's coming up. There really aren't any glaring holes for this team. I think the only miss was Jack Flaherty, who just never really was what they thought he was going to be. But it wouldn't surprise me for if the Baltimore Orioles went out and got like a Dylan Cease too, or they went out and got an Aaron Nola type guy to bolster up that rotation. They have a really good closer, a decent starting rotation, a superstar setup for their offense for the next three to seven years minimum. So... I don't know if I can say that it's a sure bet that the 2024 Boston Red Sox are going to win the division, especially when the last five years we haven't really looked like a real threat. And I need to see some major offseason purchasing before I start to say, yeah, that's legit. But I'll leave it there. So real uh, quick, though. So yeah, you, yeah. you think it's more likely Baltimore than repeats? I think Baltimore has a very, very good chance. And when Tampa Bay has their guys all systems go because some of their guys are going to be coming back at some point during the year in 2024, a la Jeffrey Springs, Shane McClanahan. I imagine they might come back towards the tail end because I don't think that they've been shut down for all of 2024 unless I'm mistaken. Okay. And Cody, who's your, if it's not the Sox, who is it? Oh boy. Um, Keeping you honest, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to make predictions for next year without without the offseason. But if I were to look at teams that kind of consistently perform well, I would have to say Tampa Bay uh, would be the division winner for me wow. like right now. Okay, fair enough. Okay, all right, right on. Cool, moving on to number three here. Totally legit or calling the cops. Kenley Jansen is not the closer in the second half of, excuse me, of 2024. Terry. That's a tough one. I, I'm going to preface it by saying I hope he is the closer in the second half next year, but I think I'm going to call the cops on that. And I, I know that's kind of bold, but Kenley Jansen is very finicky, more so than than Craig Kimbrell is. And, and it, with Kimbrell, it, it has to do with, you know, being a bit of a head case and a bit of mechanics with Jansen, it has a lot more to do with health. I feel like, I mean, he's had a number of issues this year. He got lightheaded once had to leave the mound. Um, what was the reason for the last one? It was COVID, right? I think he, he was diagnosed with COVID right after. And, He's a bit of a liability when it comes to base runners. And you look at Chris Martin. He's got a ERA of 1.05, just over one. And I don't think he's got enough appearances left to get it under 
uh, one, which I think would be amazing. I hope it happens somehow, but I just mathematically, I don't think he can do it. And then his whip is 1.03. Extremely impressive. Chris Martin this year has put on a performance that is the best performance in the Red Sox bullpen that we have seen since Koji Uihara. And it's not as good as Uihara, but it's the best since. And I think the reason it doesn't get talked about uh, you know, often is because his he's not a huge strikeout guy, Chris Martin. 8.1 strikeouts per nine. That's kind of low for a guy whose other numbers look pretty dominant. Uh, Ui Harris, for instance, was 12.2 strikeout per nine. That's off the charts. So um, th- that's why Martin isn't getting the glory. But man, I think he's the best closer. And you got to go back a decade to that season exactly a decade and i think martin's been the best reliever in the red sox bullpen since then and i think he could ascend to the closer position and if garrett whitlock if they can clean him up he's a dominant late inning guy tanner hauk i think is a starter i think this could be the last winter where this could be his last chance to be a starter at least while he's with the red sox um, but if he does go to the bullpen, he's a dominant guy. We've got so many solutions right now in that bullpen. It's, it's crazy. And, um, so I'm going to say, I think there's a good chance. Kenley is not the closer next year. So totally legit. Cody. I got to call the cops. I mean, that's a very persuasive argument. You laid out uh, a lot of great points. Martin has obviously had a season for the ages. Uh, but if you look at the way that this roster was built this year, uh, start to finish, one of the few strengths of this team was, in fact, that bullpen, right? You know, we were able to shorten the games. We had a lot of good arms back there. There was a lot of flexibility that Cora was able to utilize to close out games, right? And as you mentioned, if we can get help back to the the long relief, you know, the game ends in the sixth inning, right? You get – or sorry, Whitlock, not help. Um yeah, you get Whitlock for six and seven, Martin for eight, Jansen for nine. And if we're able to keep that formula in place, why change it? You know, there are a plethora of guys that have been great in the eighth inning, not so good in the ninth inning. Martin doesn't seem to be that guy as he has closed out games in the ninth inning, tight situations. He's been electric. Um, but as somebody that has seen, you know, tinkering go the wrong way, I don't want to mess with something that isn't broken. And, and currently as it is, the Red Sox have a very good solution for the eighth and the ninth inning. We, you know, toiled and foiled last year without any clear defined roles, who was going to be our closer, who was going to be our setup guys. And the major move of the offseason was to rectify that, to shore up the back end of the bullpen, to make sure everybody knew what their job was, what their role was, when they would be coming in. And it worked out beautifully. There were a dozen games minimum this season that we were able to close out and win that we weren't doing in years past because we didn't know who was coming in. Was it going to be Barnes? Is he up this, uh, you know, today? Or what kind of bar- version of Barnes were we going to get? And albeit, you know, Kenley, like you said, is a little bit more finicky. But when the chips are down, he and the lights are the brightest. He performs. And so for me, if if all is the same next year and we're we're pushing the the chips in to go for for a run, uh, I want I want Jansen in in for the ninth. So I completely understand where Terry's coming from this guy, uh, from this question. 
Um, and this one hurts because I do like Kelly Jansen. Do I see him being the closer next year? Obviously, yes. Do I think it's possible he's not the closer in 2024? Yes, I think this is totally legit. But I'm not coming at it from a perspective or line of he's going to get traded. I'm actually going along the lines of, is he going to be healthy? And he's had health problems multiple times. He had an irregular heartbeat as a member of the Dodgers, had an issue with the Braves, and then the same thing kind of was one of his moments when we could kind of tell something wasn't right. That was like his first real blip of the year. And then he had another one and then another one. And we're like, wait a minute, what's going on? So I think it's absolutely totally legit that he doesn't end up being the closer based on health alone. Chris Martin has shown that he can handle the ninth inning and he's doing it in spades right now. He's been without a question, our most lethal reliever this year. And he's not blowing anyone away as far as strikeouts or anything like that. But he's being super, super consistent, not blowing games open, being that lockdown guy, regardless of the situation. And he's been fantastic all year. And I do think that in the event that it's not health related and because he's pitching really well and a team calls and asks for his services, Chris Martin will most certainly step into that line and become the closer for the Boston Red Sox next year. T. The other thing, too, to consider here, and I'll, I'll concede that maybe it's a bit of a reach that he isn't, but if he's not performing well and he's just kind of up and down in the first half of the season, the pressure is on. Like, the pressure is immense to make the playoffs next year. And the the intense pressure could lead to a tough decision. So that's just one thing to consider. Absolutely. Going to our last topic of the night. The World Series will consist of two teams in the last decade that have not appeared. Totally legit or calling the cops. So two teams that haven't occurred or that haven't been there in the last decade. Unfortunately, I have to call the cops. And the problem is the National League side. Um, four out of the six current playoff teams that currently occupy um, a playoff spot, four of the six have been there. So Atlanta's been there. The Dodgers have been there. The Phillies have been there. The Cubs have been there. So that would mean of those six, for this to be totally legit, you have to get the Brewers or the Diamondbacks into the World Series. I can't see the Diamondbacks doing it. I think it would be amazing if they did. I would be all for the Diamondbacks. I would root for them to win it over any other team. Um, and I might for the Brewers as well. I don't know why I've always liked the Brewers. I, I'm, I've been disgruntled in the last year or two that they just haven't added enough offense. I love the pitching. I think Craig Council is one of the best managers in Major League Baseball. He's going to get a contract this year. Some team's going to pay that guy, and he's going to be one of the highest paid managers. Um, hopefully, it'll just be the Brewers, but you never know. If Corey gets replaced, I wouldn't hate Council coming to Boston. But, um, but yeah, the one thing that could change this, the Marlins are a game out from the Cubs. So if they were to eliminate the Cubs, now you've got three teams that would have a chance at it. But I don't think the Marlins are built for it. And I think 
Alcantara just had a setback or something uh, in his rehab appearance. So I'm guessing he's probably shut down for the year at this point, or at least the rest of the regular season. Uh, on the American League side, it is so wide open. We were talking about how, before we come on here, who's the favorite to even go? It's it's wide open. I, I mean, Baltimore looks pretty good. If Toronto gets some momentum, Toronto's won seven out of their last 10, so perhaps they're getting hot at the right time. Um, Seattle is a half a game out, so maybe they, they knock out Houston, but... Um, it's just so wide open. You could very well on the American League side see a team that hasn't been there in a while. And it's basically, if it's not the the Rays... Actually, wait a minute. When Yeah, Texas has been over a decade. So only the Astros and the Rays have been there on the American League side uh, in the last decade of all the teams that are uh, in it right now. So, um, but... Uh, let's see. I would have to call the cops officially. Cody. Yeah, I got to call the cops as well. I think the two team caveat is, is the difficult part, right? As Terry mentioned, you know, the NL is, is pretty chock full of teams that have been there pretty recently. And for me on the American league side, I'm going to pick Houston to go to the world series every year until they, until they stop going to the world series. And I think they've been in the ALCS the last six straight years and been to the world series. I think three out of those six, um, they've got that postseason pedigree. There's teams that are hot on the American league side. Um, you know, that could put together a postseason run, but when the lights turn on, I mean, Seattle had a great, great end of the season last year. They had the, you know, the electric walk-off home run to, to clinch a postseason birth. They were up on Houston and just couldn't get it done. Right. Um, and those things matter, you know, that postseason experience is, is important. And um, for me, it's it's too difficult to pick against teams like Atlanta, like Houston, like L.A., uh, to where we would get two teams uh, that have never been in the World Series within the last decade. So for me, I got to call the cops as exciting as it would be to see to see new teams in the World Series. Right. Um, you know, I think when we got that Mets Royals World Series randomly in the mid 2010s, that was that was really crazy and really fun for a lot of the people to watch just because those are teams that, you know, nobody really has rooting interests against. So, um, but I got to call the cops for this one and hopefully I'm wrong. I don't see this one happening. I, 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 I just can't bet against Atlanta. And because of that, I have to say calling the cops. I can't however say that I'm never going to pick Houston because I won't do that on principle. And everybody knows that. For the last three years, I've been taking the Angels to take the AL West. And there's a chance, there's a very good chance that I may buck the trend and go with a different team in the AL West. But it still won't be the Houston Astros. I know that's mind-blowing for some of our listeners because they know I'm such a, a huge lover of the Angels. But um, I just I can't pick Houston to win. But Atlanta's an absolute force, and they have arguably, I mean – murderer's row of offense they have five guys with 30 homers and i think they're what maybe one or two home runs away from having five with 35 uh that enough of is it is a a reason enough to say that the world series is going to consist of at least one team that's been there in the last 10 years so that makes me call the cops t it looks like you want to say one more thing go ahead yeah so 
if I asked you guys who the favorite was on the National League side to go to the World Series, you're going to tell me the Braves, right? 100%. Charlie Morton is going to miss at least the start of the playoffs with a finger injury. Max Freed is currently on the injured list with a blister. So he could miss the very start of the playoffs potentially. And he's been pitching very well, though, the last month. Um, has given up two earned runs or less in four out of the five. And then the fifth out of the five was just three. So um, we'll see. But I'm I'm a little concerned with the Braves rotation as they go into the playoffs. They've got the offense, but... I think that offense is going to be able to do more than enough to get them the runs that they're going to need. And that's the thing is you're dealing with a team that if they don't have the starting rotation for whatever reason, typically you, you'd expect them to be screwed. And that makes sense because if you don't have pitching, you probably aren't going to be able to prevent the other team from scoring a lot of runs. Here's the bad news on that one. You're literally facing a team full of all-stars, like literally two through nine. It's just, they can all bang. And they didn't miss on any of their trades. They didn't miss on any of their acquisitions. They didn't miss on anything, really. And Spencer Strider is going to be able to hold it down fine. They have, um, you mentioned Freed and Charlie Morton out. Was Elders in there? I don't know who their fifth starter is, but even if they go with a, a four-man rotation for the playoffs and you see Spencer Strider twice, you really only need two more wins between the rest of your relievers. And some of their guys can probably go more than two or three innings. Kyle Wright is in their bullpen. I'm pretty sure Kyle Wright was a starter at one point. Um, I'm going to double-check my notes. Yeah, Kyle Wright was a 21-game winner in 22. So really, there there are other options there for the lack of a better term. I'm hoping he can turn it around because he's been pretty bad this year. But – I understand the skepticism behind Atlanta. I just, I can't bet against that team. Not when you have people that can run, you can steal bases, hit multiple home runs, multiple times in a row. I mean, this team is going to be able to score seven to 10 runs a game if they want to. Just real quick. If, if everything stays where they're at, uh, the, the Braves being the one seed would play the winner of the three and the six seed matchup, which would be, uh, the Brewers versus the Cubs. And even if it ends up being the Brewers versus Miami, I think we're going to pick the Brewers to win that first round. Uh, so you're looking potentially at a, a Braves Brewers matchup. So, and right. the Brewers have the pitching. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. But I just think, I don't know if they're going to be invincible for uh, a lengthy run through October, as some people might expect. And I, I, I like the Braves. I like. There's not a player on that roster I don't like. So, um, you know, if they if they have this amazing run, more power to them. Absolutely. I think that is going to wrap it for all of us here tonight. We want to thank all of our loyal listeners and first-time listeners as well. We appreciate all of you. Have a great night. Take care.